sisters, welcome to Penn's Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Goudeau, and on today's show, we'll be talking about Arizona. How about that anti-Christian Arizona? What the hell are they thinking? And we have a guest in the studio today who lives in the Philippines. We have so many questions. And if we have time, we might even get to some question pen requests. Here he is, preaching love, Mr. Pendulet. Yeah, this is Pan uh, preaching love to y'all. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we have a uh, we have a guest in the studio. We do. So no Skype to monkey with. We have that all. Uh, <laughs> we have that all set. It's all clear. And uh, you know, I, yesterday I went out to lunch. Uh, no reason, I guess, to say his name. No reason not to, but I just won't. Um, a uh, big fancy ass producer. He has a big sitcom. On the on the television, been on for a long time. Very successful guy, and he had great, great stories, fabulous stories. But uh, one of the things he said was great. He met Stephen Hawking, and he said uh, he is the w- w- Wagyu. What's the name of the beef? Wagyu. Yeah. Wagyu. He's Wagyu, the Wagyu yeah. beef of humans. So he touches hands. He can't move anything. So everything is so soft, <laughs> so tender. He, um, but the other thing he told me, and this is a story that's got nothing to do. You know, he had great William Shatner stories, great George Takei stories. He had stories about everybody. And I liked them all. Nothing wrong with those stories. But the story that I loved, and when I told him, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to think about this a lot. He seemed a little bit perplexed. Like it wasn't that big a deal. He dated like, way back in college or something. I guess he went to college unlike some other people here. <laughs> um, he uh, he dated a woman and her father was missing a leg. Yeah, He was missing a leg. He had an artificial leg. And uh, he said to his girlfriend after a while, how'd your father lose her leg? How'd your father lose his leg? And she said, we don't know. <laughs> How is that possible? Is that the yeah. greatest answer? What sort ever? of man loses his own leg? <laughs> I just left it. I don't know. I I love that. I love never got around to ask it? No one in the family. He was such an incredible conversationalist that for your entire life growing up, I mean she's whatever, she's twenty. You know, yeah. she's in her twenties. And uh no idea. No idea how. <laughs> and uh, no one in the family did either. That is crazy. Well, that's great. It made me want to cut off my leg so that my children could grow up with that story. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You wonder whether, at the very least, you still wonder if it's like a coaching session. Like, d- just tell everyone you don't know. It'll yeah. be the best answer you could ever tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's much better than telling them that's the great. truth. Well, it's the answer that we tell people that work with us about the magic tricks. Right. You know, we do what we tell right. Jonesy to tell people when they ask, you know, how is the trick done, <laughs> that he's watched. 5,000 times and seen the setup backstage and seen us drop the shit on the floor over and over again, he has to answer, I don't know. Because any other answer will get him backed into a corner. you know. Yeah, yep. But, uh, boy, that answer on the leg, I don't know. Now, he can't use that himself. But everyone around him can use that. Although, I guess him going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> would, be, would be pretty great. We don't know. <laughs> and it's also, it's also the, uh, the first person plural that kills me, too. 
we don't know. So it's, you know, mom, mom and the siblings also don't know. You know, he's our dad. He's got one leg. The other time I heard that was, you know, the woman that we saw in half in the show, the woman I used yeah. to eat fire with and does everything in our show. The woman in our show, I guess is the way we could put it. Uh, Georgie, Georgie, you know, Georgie. Her last name is Bernasic. And I, when I first met her, I said, is it Bernasic or Bernasek? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> Not knowing how your name is pronounced is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> pretty great. She said, I, I, I don't care. Some people do it both ways. I don't know which is right. <laughs> <laughs> so right before we turned on the big microphones and started the whole show here. I remembered my favorite story. Now, you know, we, we say this all the time, but it bears repeating. Anything you learn on Penn Sunday School is wrong in some way. Yeah. We make some sort of mistake. Um, and uh, we don't do that because only God is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we do that because we are far from it. Anyone and, can <laughs> present all the facts. Right, right. We go outside the box there. We, we present some of the facts. Some of the facts. And some of the facts just slightly off. So this is a news story that I read when I was in England 20 years ago. Reading the, whatever it is, the Daily England. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fact one. The governor. <laughs> <laughs> Fact one on the table, the Daily England. The Daily England. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I read in the paper, and I see a story in there that makes me hysterical. I cannot calm down from it. And the story is that there are construction workers that are working the night shift overnight on the top of a building doing some work. And they, <laughs> they were singing... The banana boat song. <laughs> Deo is a day to day to day to day. Oh, daylight come and me want to go home. Right? <laughs> we all know the banana boat song. Right. And uh, they were warned by police to stop singing the banana boat song because they had so many complaints. <laughs> <laughs> and they stopped with the police there and the police left. And 10 minutes later, <laughs> they were all singing the Banana Boat song again. <laughs> the police made four trips to the construction site up on the roof and then took them away, arresting them. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I read that and just said, this is... The least senseless crime I've ever heard about. <laughs> this is a crime. I mean, I read about rape and murder and uh, thievery, and I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't understand the motivation. I've never felt those desires. Right. I don't want to do that shit. If it was all legal, I wouldn't do that shit, you know? Right. It's like meth. Make meth legal, I'm not going to do it. I have no interest. Same thing with almost every crime except this one. <laughs> and I can just picture the guys on the roof going, you know, one guy goes, right, Dale. <laughs> and then everybody else goes, daylight come and me want to go home. Right? Yeah. And then they go, hey, cut it out. we got to get back to work. Work for a little while. Dale. Daylight come and we want to go home. And who was not going to join in after that? Right? And they especially, I heard that they tried to stop, but the last officer, his name was Officer Tallyman. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how they got arrested. Officer, tally me, tally me banana. They line come in. But how long, once the police officer, okay, let's just, we know before the police officer comes what's happening. Right. We know they're all pissing their pants laughing. We know they're all having a great time. They're working overnight on the top of a building, and when daylight comes, right. yeah. they're going to go home. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It is so, a literal song. Yes. So one of them decides on that. They start singing it, and they're laughing their asses off. And there's a few guys there going, hey, cut it out, cut it out, cut right. it out. Yeah. And they do cut it out, then they go... <laughs> Daylight come and me want to go home. You know, and then there's a long pause. Sure. They've done that 15 times. Yeah. Then a guy goes, hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and <laughs> me want to go home. And, and then uh, one of them dropped their helmet. Yeah. And they were like, how far did it go? Uh, six foot, seven foot, eight foot. <laughs> Punch. Daylight come and me want to go home. Uh, and, and then the police come. See, this is where it gets great. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> police officer comes up and says, hey, listen, guys, I know you're working hard. We all like to have a good time. Went to the pub before you came here. I understand that. Getting a lot of complaints. People trying to sleep. Of course, he's not saying anything like this. He's saying it all with an English accent. <laughs> People want to sleep, okay? <laughs> That's good. They're trying to grab a kip. <laughs> Their sleep numbers are 65 and 37. <laughs> and when you sing, they got to go up five points each. So. <laughs> so listen. So just cool it, okay, guys? Yeah. No problem, officer. And the important part of this is they mean it. Yeah. They're not fucking with them. They mean it. They mean it. Police officer goes away. Getting to work, getting to work. Cup, 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 cup. He rode away on a horse. He didn't. He didn't. They don't send a guy in a car to the construction site. They send like you know the park police. Sure, guy. sure. It's not the top guy. Yeah. It's not the SWAT team. They're not coming Yard. in with special weapons and tactics. Just a guy on a horse. A, a Bobby. It's a Bobby. Yeah. It's a Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> a long pause. <laughs> and uh, nobody knows, right? Yeah. This is the way human interaction works. Yeah. No one knows who's going to do it. Right. Everybody knows it's going to be done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is, it is yeah. as inevitable. I mean, this is, if you want to understand quantum physics, <laughs> this is the way to understand it. Yeah. It is the probability... Is close to 100%. Yeah, oh, yeah. But where it starts, we don't know. Right. right. This is the prime mover question. <laughs> who is the guy who has to... It's not one guy every time. Because there's one guy, right, who before the police came was the guy who's going, shut up. I'm yeah. sick of this. Don't do it anymore. We're not going to do it anymore. The police come up. He's not done it once. It is like the Penn and Teller crew going through TSA. Yeah. Penn and Teller crew going through TSA. Uh there's, you know, eight of us. We all go through TSA, and one of us flips. Yeah. Like, you know, like all of a sudden, Nate, you see him over, get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the Penitella crew run over and go, listen, hey, Nate, man, not worth it, man. Come on, just calm down. It's okay. <laughs> He's all right. Fuck that. It's fine. It's fine. Let him go. Let him go. So Nate goes, you know. And then, you know, one guy takes him aside, you know, like, you know, Robbie takes him aside and goes, listen, man, it's not worth it. Just don't do that. Yeah, I know, man. It's just crazy. Just walk through next time. And then you all walk 
through the next time, and it's Robbie. Fucking you. <laughs> what the fuck? I thought we lived in a free country. And you're running, you don't know who in the Penn and Teller crew is going to oscillate. You know, it's an oscillator, but with no real pattern. You can't really tell who it's going to be. Will it be Teller? Will it be Nate? Who's, who's going to flip next? You know, same thing there. So it's, they've calmed them down. Everything's okay. No ticket. No harm. Everybody's gone back to sleep. They're grabbing their kip. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, work it. And then they can feel it in their chest. Yeah. They can feel it like a supernatural power. Absolutely. I have to the yell building. Dale. Something like, 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 why is my mouth empty of beautiful sound? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't everything be better if my mouth was filled with... <laughs> daylight, come. daylight come and me want to go home and then you know then you can't you can't stop it then everybody has to uh has to do with this so, yeah. six foot seven foot eight foot and then you know the guy's got his hide the deadly black tarantula daylight come and me want to go home and they're dancing and having a great time and then oh come on cut it out guys we really have to cut it out i wonder like when the cop left like it was, he knew he was coming back <laughs> like his, his is like I wonder if I have time to get a cup of coffee. Like he's yeah, he just planning. Get, like what are the odds? Like what activity can I do to occupy myself before I absolutely have to go back there and get those guys? <laughs> the radio's gonna come up. You know, and, uh, and, so he has a horse and a radio. <laughs> Kip-top, Kip-top. Here is this. This is this is ninety three, ninety four. Now uh, someone in the congregation must be able to find the story. I mean, this is the real. This is the real advanced work on the internet <laughs> to find the story. Because remember, he's going to come back a lot more. I was just going to ask you if you knew what year this was, but if you say it, we just know that that's, we can rule that year out. <laughs> Not 93. Not 93. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't know how many times they went back. But when you finally get to the final moment, okay, once he's cuffed them, once he's cuffed them and he's taken them in, there's no stopping them. <laughs> no, yeah. They've, 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 it's a parade. They're already in the worst case scenario. <laughs> and once you start putting them in separate rooms, <laughs> interrogation <laughs> you're going to hear from one of those rooms. And you know, the thing is that. It what is... are they going to interrogate them for? <laughs> <laughs> Interrogation yeah. rooms. Who's trying to take a. Now your partner there, he's about to squeal. He's about to tell me when you guys are planning on going home. He says it's daylight. It's called the banana boat dilemma. It's it's a math. It's a math issue. A lawyer storms in. Michael, do not say another word. Another word. Another note. <laughs> and then there's silence in the room. And he goes, Dale. <laughs> and the thing is that you the, know, the lawyer's arrested and marched into another interrogation room. <laughs> Contempt of oh, the trial. <laughs> you know, the guy's sitting up there with his wig on. Right? Right. He's yeah, got yeah, the yeah. little white wig yeah. sitting on his head. Yeah, yeah, the barristers. How did this start? <laughs> well, well, Your Honor, started like this. 
Daylight come and me wanna go home. Hey, out of order, out of order. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot, jump. Daylight. Come and me wanna go home. Next one that makes a sound in my court. Uh, a lot of contempt in court citations yeah, yeah. here. Those guys are still in jail. <laughs> We'll free you tomorrow if you don't do it today. We can't. I'm sorry, Your Honor. You mean we would be we'd leave tomorrow morning? <laughs> like when the daylight come and we want to go home. Do you guys want to spend your rest of your life, or would you rather get out tomorrow morning? <laughs> And somewhere there's a guy who wants his building built, too. Yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, we're going to miss every deadline. Why is that? And the entire construction crew was arrested for singing a song. What song? Banana boat song. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, my building will never be built. <laughs> we had some guys singing Yellow Submarine. That, that was yeah. like one police call. They were fired. <laughs> Electric Light Orchestra stopped all building in Sweden for two years when I can't get it out of my head. That was, just, that was, that was horrible. Broke down all of that, all of Sweden with yeah. the piece of it. Every, the whole city is three stories less tall because of ELO. But that story, and I don't know if anybody will ever find it, but if they find that story, that's a story I would like to read again. Yeah. They're, they're, the congregations are just talking to themselves right now. Oh, yeah, they're not talking to us at all. Not paying attention. Yeah. That's too bad. Because I would like, I would like our. Uh, this is something that needs to be crowd. Find it. This needs to be crowdsourced. <laughs> Very badly, needs to be crowdsourced. You want to talk a little bit about uh, Arizona? Well, we guess we could. Because you know Arizona, uh, very famously, they hate Christians. Yeah. These Christians are trying to live their Christian life. Right. And the uh, the government is trying to stop them. Yeah. Turns out, you know, that you uh, could always discriminate against gays in the cake business. You could. It is legal to be an asshole. So this whole legislation, both sides of it, are complete and utter jive. Absolute bullshit right across the board. Uh, first of all, uh, of course, Christians have the right to dislike gays. Right. You can't legislate that. And you can't legislate who you're going to... You know, it's bakers that they're after, right? It's, yeah. It's bakers. And photographers, I guess. And photographers, yeah. Bakers and photographers. You don't want to bake a cake for someone. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. hard to make it. <laughs> really hard to make it. Plus... If someone doesn't want to bake a cake for you, and you get the government to force them to bake a cake for you, you don't want to eat that cake. Don't eat cake. that cake. Yeah. Do not yeah. eat that cake. Oh, I get it. You're gay. You like to eat cum? We can fix that with our cake. 
We'll do just what you want. It'll be fine with us. Um, I didn't order this cake with cream cheese icing. (laughs) No, you didn't, did you? (laughs) Keep this one for free. (laughs) We'll make another. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a white cake. (laughs) Wait, but these photographs are on. Hey, never mind. You want them photographs, you got them. Uh, My wedding album is all ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I guess I thought that's what you asked for. The thing, the thing is about uh, this is that you don't get people to be able to do legislation until the the solution is already there. We don't get non-smoking rules until everybody wants non-smoking. You can't get legislation through to help the underdog because by the time you can get the legislation through, they're no longer the underdog. So you can just, I mean, what I love about this stuff is if you find, if you have a friend who is gay and is getting married and they go to a baker who says, for whatever reason, we won't bake your cake, or you even think they might think that, no one ever goes to that baker again. And they go out of business. Problem solved. Right. They can be there, you know, they can put up a sign that says, we bake Christian cakes. We bake gay hating cakes. <laughs> you can, they can advertise that. And then the, 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 the idiots. If they were really delicious, I'd be so conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really like, want to support my gay yeah, friends. This is the best cake I ever had. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's the worst I felt since I went to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so wait, so if I went to uh, some cafe here in Vegas and mm-hmm. they were like, sorry, we don't serve fatties. Beat it. <laughs> well, first of all, a cafe not serving fatties. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Say I went to a, a smoothie place. <laughs> Wheatgrass. I say, I say I went to take yeah, wheatgrass. Say I went to get a wheatgrass shot. Okay, <laughs> they're like, no, fatty. There's no hope for you. Beat it. I would have no legal recourse. I don't know. Yeah. That we refuse the right. We we reserve the right to refuse service to. Matt Donnelly. <laughs> I've seen that sign many yeah, places. Yeah. It seems legal. It seems like you should have the right to uh, associate with anybody you want to associate with. Right. And that means not associate with people. But if you are in any sort of retail business, you don't want to turn down Anybody. No. You really don't want to turn down anybody. And what they want, you know, is they want uh, a law that forces them. I mean, this is a law that you put in place that that gives equality is the law the assholes want. Yeah. They want to be able to say to all the people around them, well, I don't want to take the business from the gays, but the oppressive government is making me. Right. right. That's the argument. That's, yes. Yeah. That's that, what mean, everybody's hoping for. Ted Turner did that incredibly horrible, cynical speech where he talked about violence on TV. Right. Right. And they said the violence on your network is greater than anyone's. If you want to stop violence on TV, stop it on your network. And his answer was essentially, uh, well, as long as everyone else doing it, we have to do it. So I want there to be legislation to stop all of us. So you know, it's the same thing. It's the as, blue laws. Yeah, it's well, it's the same thing <clears throat> as the airplanes. You know, they want there to be FAA regulations, 
that says the maximum size you can have carry-on so that they can say it's not their fault and they can't compete. Regulation, people, the bad guys love regulation. Sure. They love regulation because it eliminates the conscience, it eliminates the free market, which is able to do that stuff. If everybody is forced to do uh, the right thing, then you can't have a store that pops up that says, we do the best gay wedding cakes. We do those, boom, 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 other people won't do it, and starts getting all their business. If you get all the gay business, even if that's only 3% of the business, you are pumped up over that. You know, so that the, the whole kind of thing is give those people the fucking freedom they want. First of all, it's insane to think that in the United States of America, this is the problem with the war on Christmas. This is the problem with all that stuff. This is the problem you get into when I'm talking to Glenn Beck. You know, the problem that uh, uh, that religious people in this country are in any way oppressed. It just does not. Christians in this country are not oppressed. But you might as well let them do whatever they want because more freedom for them means more freedom for us. As long as, you know, as long as you can have a restaurant where if someone comes in with a cross around their neck, they aren't served. Right. If if they're willing to go for that, if they're willing to say uh, that there could be a sign up over a store that says no Christians allowed, we can play that way. You know, we can play either way. You can either play with we want everybody to have equal rights and equal services, and we're going to do that, and then you go out and you have to serve everybody. Or if you want to go the other way, I guess you can go that other way, but it might bounce bad for you. You know? Right. Yeah. But uh, the whole Arizona thing is insane because the law they're trying to put in place is a law that is already in place. Nobody is really making them make the cake for anybody. Right. And by the way, this brings us around. I try to tell my wife this all the time. Do not send food back in a restaurant. (laughs) Do not force the cake guy to make your cake. You've been a waiter. Yeah. When the person sends food back, they get treated the best? No. (laughs) No. Although I've never seen, like, the things that, like, movies and stuff. I've never seen something actually super gross happen. Yeah, yeah. You just find a way. Like, you just... You write that table off is what happens. Like yeah. the whole table is about to just get less good service. Right. It's like, oh, it's not worth trying to hustle for this guy. I'm going to concentrate on my other tables of nicer people. I also don't know what you really get out of it. You know, I just well, eat what you're served. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless, yeah. unless a manager gets involved, in which case then usually they, those people all like feel great. Like if because if, if, I, I worked at the, the last restaurant I worked at, the policy was if you sent something back to get remade, it was a manager who would bring it back out. Uh-huh. And that was like a way that like then your tips were fine and the manager took care of stuff and then every, everyone feels really well treated. And it just was a policy to like make everyone feel good for causing a hubbub. Well, you know, there's a uh, there's a study that says if you get bad service and it is fixed by the restaurant, yeah. that your loyalty to that restaurant is higher than if nothing had gone wrong. Yeah. There's all sorts of studies that say that. Yeah. That those are the customers you can keep. I I have a hard time because what I want <clears> is <throat> to just we went to this restaurant and I said when we went in, I said we're in a we're in a wicked hurry. We're in too much of a hurry to be at this restaurant. 
you know, we have a movie we're seeing. We haven't really got time. We got like an hour all in, and this is kind of a nice. The restaurant. previews have already started, and I have popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit down in your restaurant. So, we needed to be completely in and out and everything in an hour. And I told them that when we sat down. I told the waiter when he first came over, uh, the server. Sorry, and um, uh, it was. Uh, 45 minutes and they hadn't taken our order. <laughs> what? Yeah. So uh, I said, you know, we, we really haven't got time. And they said, no, no, we can do this. And I said, okay, we ordered food and uh, nothing had come. In nothing. An hour, yeah. It, well, in 55 minutes. Right. <clears throat> so I said to them, here's the situation. I just want to leave. And I don't blame them. The, the, the restaurant's busy. Who cares? Right. And we've also taken their table during a busy time, okay? So I say, don't bring any of the food, but do bring the check. We'll pay for everything we ordered because you've you put it in the kitchen. There's no way you can give that food to someone else. So just stop the food, and I'll pay for everything. No, 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 you're not going to pay when you didn't get any food. Yes, I just want to leave. No, no, we have to bring the manager out. Can I just leave? Can I just put some cash? If you won't bring me the check, well, there's no check, right? And then, ah. So now we're spending our time not eating, but trying to rush and to the movie. And the movie. <laughs> and trying and to listen get to, the... to a manager tell you why they could make it better next time or something. Yeah, and then I'm trying to put money down on the table, and then the manager's picking the money up and handing it back to me. And I go, well, at least a tip. It wasn't his. And I, it's, goes, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. So finally I say, okay, we won't leave anything. And then I walk out. Then I kind of run back and throw the money down and run out. Because <laughs> I just can't bear no. to be the guy that comes in and takes up their table for an hour right. and they get no money from me. And that was the best night that best boy has ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Uh, I think it's over. Dale. <laughs> cup, 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 cup. Here comes the police. But of course, it's not over. And uh, a mail comes to the Penn and Teller office to the uh, you know the autograph request thing, <laughs> the thing that you get dumped to yeah, sure. if, whenever you go there. And by the way, everything that you send to the Penadilla website gets to whoever it needs to get to eventually. So it says <laughs> either Penn or Teller was in the restaurant the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how long the debate went before they settled on that. I wonder how long someone swore it was Teller. <laughs> And wouldn't let them send the note. <laughs> Seems like a web search for images <laughs> would, have, would have solved that. <laughs> One of Penn and Teller were in our restaurant. And then, and this is a restaurant, by the way, that I love. That's why I'm not saying the name of it, because I love it. I don't want to do anything to piss them off. But, <laughs> but then it says, uh, the owner of the restaurant, it's an ethnic restaurant, the owner of the restaurant would like... Pen or teller <laughs> and their wives to join the owner and his wife for dinner on us anytime. We would like to make this up to you. You can have dinner with us. So now I can't go to the restaurant anymore because <laughs> I want to go with friends. I don't want to have dinner with the owner. That is... Awful customer service. <laughs> I can't think of like a, a restaurant that I'm dying to have dinner with the owner. 
or the manager of. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's whatever it is, broads and booze. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, want, you want to sit with Oscar and have a steak. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And whoever whoever owns Hooters. <laughs> Steve, Steve Hooter. <laughs> I want to have dinner with Steve Hooter, I'm sure. That guy seems like a, a good guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I have my running with Hooters, too, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I was, um, uh, my wife is on the line who wants to defend herself for how she acts at restaurants. <laughs> and uh, this is a one little sphere of control here. She's not coming on the line. It's easy as that. I've run the conversation to my head, and there's no way it leads to Dale. <laughs> So, so forget about that. So I am in. There's a great trouble. There's a great radio guy. I feel like I feel like I'm in trouble now. Actually, I feel like this, this is not going to go anywhere with you. So I'm dead. Is what the way I feel like this goes. You, you will definitely be reprimanded. For this. Like this You're, in on my You're in trouble. You're in trouble. So. Uh, <sighs> Alex Bennett, who's a great radio guy. He was yeah. the big radio Good DJ talent. in San Francisco. Sure. And then now, I guess he's now off, but he retired or something. But he was on, he may have a podcast now. He was on uh, He was on XM, the left. He's, he's real liberal. By the way, someone on Twitter was talking about how anybody that I refer to as my friend on this show is right wing. And I said, well... What about Lawrence O'Donnell? And he said, well, he's just a token that you have in there to answer people like me. <laughs> Wait, I have, so, I have, Lawrence, your friend of 20 years, is a token, but Glenn Beck, who you've hung out with three times, is like your, your yeah. huge pal? Yeah, your real yeah. friend. And Alex Bennett, Alex Bennett is as left as you can go and has been a friend of mine for 30 years, whatever. So Alex Bennett was doing his show down in Florida. He'd been hired to do uh, Miami radio show. And he was afraid to uh, do the show because he was used to San Francisco, thought Miami would be a different market. And it turned out he was right to be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out this wasn't a hollow fear. And um, so uh, he asked me to come down and be his co-host for his first week on the air. So I'm doing a week of Miami radio. And (laughs) at that point in Florida, not in Miami, but in Florida near there was a place called Our Donuts. Yeah, which is the happiest, which was the happiest place on earth, Fantastic spot. and should have had a, a, right. a, a lawsuit against Disneyland because it is the happiest place on earth. It was a topless donut shop. Yep. And if you're a guy like me, and I think you are, uh, I don't like going to bars, topless bars. I don't like being around drinking, but a topless donut shop where it's a buck for a big ass donut and a buck for a big ass cup of coffee with no refills. You know, <laughs> and you do, you know, you get a donut, a cup of coffee, and you give, you know, 10 bucks, you know, 20 bucks, and topless, uh, topless uh, service. Yeah. Fabulous. It was an old Burger King that they had. What do you got? A text from your wife. Oh, what did she say? <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? Please just point out that some restaurant, uh, so at some restaurants, the chef wants you to enjoy their food. <laughs> 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 well, she's right. <laughs> and she managed to get through the defenses. Yeah. I knew, <laughs> so much I, for security. I knew it was coming through me at some point, so I'm glad. <laughs> there are some restaurants, some restaurants where the chefs want you to enjoy the food. Um, none that I have ever worked at. <laughs> but they, they exist. So the topless donut shop. 
And uh, it's an old Burger King. You know what? I was uh, I had rented a car. I was working in Florida and went and dropped off the rental car. And just before I dropped it off, I had to empty out the trash out of the car. You know? Yeah. So I got through, went through the car, got up all the trash, and pulled up to the front of this nondescript building. Uh-huh. Walked in with my bag of trash to put down a trash can to get a donut. Went. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> I had no idea. I just stumbled into it. It was fantastic. Oh wow, that it was that's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, I drove across the state to get to no, it. I walked in by accident. <laughs> Whoa, that is a better day. Much better. Day. That is a great, great day. day. And on the wall, they have pictures of every astronaut. <laughs> because if you're an astronaut, that's a place you're going to go. That's like a guy who picked up Playboy to really read an article. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they're talking about animation. Let me read this. Wait a minute. Holy. There's in this book. <laughs> <laughs> and so I talked to the owner of uh, of uh, our donuts, yeah. who was this old guy, yeah. and I asked him what his business plan was, and he said, I lose about ten grand a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way to make money. No. You know, he's selling donuts and coffee and paying the women really well. He was retired, he was a rich guy, and he just thought and the women were cared for wonderfully. They all had like retirement plans set up and everything and they would walk around with the uh, the uh, the caffeinated coffee in one hand and decaf in the other with the breast bouncing behind it. It was it was just perfect. And I said, you know, do you do you ever uh, do any of the new new women when they come in, do they, you know, hit their nipples against the hot coffee? They said, Well you know, topless women are stupid but not that stupid. <laughs> and boy, was that shutting me up. <laughs> and with that, you poured coffee on your own nipple. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to the uh, I said to the guy who owned it, I said, so you had to set this whole place up and learn to bake donuts? And he went, what? <laughs> no, I, I take my truck first thing in the morning. I go to Dunkin' Donuts, and I buy dozens and dozens of donuts, and I bring them over here. The women go in and grab them out of the boxes. <laughs> We have no kitchen. I'm not going to bother with that. And I go, should you get a good discount on it? He goes, who cares? I buy them retail. I sell them over here. I buy them for like 35 cents. I sell them for a buck. <laughs> it's just a happy place. So we had we had the woman, uh, we had the owner of our donuts come by to be on our radio show. And uh, he brought with him two of the servers. So we had topless women serving us donuts while we were on the radio. Would be good if we had that here, wouldn't it, Steve? Yes, it would. But we don't. <laughs> um, and uh, we had this whole this whole thing. So that, uh, Alec always had a live audience at that time. He'd have like 35, 40 people in the studio while he was doing his radio show. It was wonderful for comics. Alex Bennett is the best at having comics on of any radio show there's ever been. So we uh, <clears throat> we had the topless donut women in, and they were sitting on my lap while I'm eating donuts. It was fabulous. One of the best days of my life. So the next day, Yay. we had... We had <laughs> <laughs> Daylight, come men, we want to go home. We had uh, <laughs> The next day, we had the women from Hooters come in. To serve as chicken wings, right? And the woman from Hooters gets up to the microphone and goes, we aren't whores like those topless donut women you had in here yesterday. Whoa. And she starts spewing out this absolute (laughs) hatred for these women that have been on the day before from a place that's called Hooters. And Alex points out to her that they are in a place that is also selling 
the female body as a added feature to their chicken wings. And she says, no, 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 it's because it's an owl. <laughs> the only person who believes that is my son. <laughs> <laughs> we drove even... by Hooters on the way to the airport, and he goes, Dad, I love owls. Even the, even the <laughs> owls are like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That place is about breasts. Um, and uh, They don't serve owl wings there. No. <laughs> they serve chicken wings. Hooters. So she got really, you know, and I, I really hate when uh, when people do that, to do that kind of stratification in, well, it's in show, it's showbiz stratification, you know. Yeah, yeah. When, when you're going to act, if you're in show business, you're in the same business as Ron Jeremy. We're done. That's it. That's what we do, you know? And if you are, uh, there's no difference between the Ardonas women and the women. They're doing a job. <laughs> By the way, uh, Messard on the message board says, uh, yeah, women aren't that dumb. They're not drop your cock in a blow dryer, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> precisely. So uh, Alex just says, well, you know, you got a good job at Hooters, right? She says, yes. He said, what if they said that they were going to increase your pay by a factor of 10 and you had to be topless. And she said, no, I would never do that. And he said, what about a factor of 100? And she said, no, I would never do that. And then she said, if you were offered a million dollars, would you take all your clothes off? She didn't even get the word (laughs) off out. And I stood up on the console it's with 35 people, and I stripped off all my clothes. And that's where I learned. It was my first time stripping fully nude in public. There were many times to come after that. <laughs> and I learned an important lesson that every stripper knows really well, but I didn't know at that time because I was a novice stripper. Sure. Don't throw your clothes. <laughs> yeah. Don't throw your clothes. When you get your clothes, Swing them around, do everything you want to do, then drop them right at your feet so you know where they are. Because I finished stripping fully naked, and I was standing there like this, fully naked, on top of the console. And, of course, Alex Bennett went to commercial, right? And right as he went to commercial, the woman from Hooters said, off microphone, looks like a chicken wing, which is a great joke. Off mic during commercial, which is all you need to know about her. Uh, (laughs) I stood up, and then I had to go uh, get my clothes back, which I hadn't even thought about when I was taking them (laughs) off. So I have to crawl, kind of walk through the audience naked going... Anybody see my underpants? (laughs) And you got to also find them kind of in order. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't put your pants on the new Well, the worst part to get back mm-hmm. first is your shirt. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put that on before anything else. That's, <laughs> that's a bad move. <laughs> you think that's worse than socks? Uh, socks? <laughs> I do. I think putting on socks is, is gross but still funnier. I think every guy looks the worst with just a T-shirt on. <laughs> just a T-shirt, no pants, anything else. I think that's that's the most degrading. Uh, but uh, let's debate it. Let's hash it out. I actually, I, I thought I, I, the act of putting your socks on while naked. Oh, that's true. Is what I, I didn't think about I that. I would rather have. I would rather have just a shirt on and no pants than just a pants and no shirt. Really? I would. Yes, I would. I would rather rather have that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll share my thought too. It's just because you're happy with the size of your cock. <laughs> well, I, I also am not happy with how fat I am. Right, and I'm fat mostly from the waist up. 
Right, right, right. I don't have fat knees. <laughs> oh, whereas I have just <laughs> jiggly, <laughs> jiggly knees. <laughs> but my friend, Rich Nathanson, his mom and dad, who were older and retired, had come into the studio that day yeah. to see their, yeah, their son's friend, their son's friend That's great. do his radio show. <laughs> and I had not met them before. I didn't know what they looked like. Well, she had your socks or she had your shirt? She, she had my uh, my boxer shorts. For real? I had thrown them into her hands. <laughs> and she held them. She kept them? And as I went over to get my underwear from her, she said, we're Richie's mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I stood there with my cock out in front of my friend's parents. Okay. Had she folded them? <laughs> <laughs> so she called Rich and, you know, said... Yeah. This happened, and I talked about it. It was funny and everything else. Six months later, we played uh, Florida with the Penn and Teller show. And that show was ending, that particular uh, show, ended with us doing what was called The Bleeding, where Teller and I would, you know, as, as anybody who knows Vegas history knows, the first full frontal male nude on stage in the Vegas Strip we're Penn and Teller. We stripped naked during that bit to show there was nothing up our sleeves. The gag was nothing up our sleeves. Oh, there could be something here. And we stripped naked behind this, like, translucent piece of plastic that didn't really conceal anything. We have two people from the audience. And we always got a young man, like 20 to 22, and then a woman, like, over 60. Because those, you get the two strongest reactions out of when you drop your pants, Right. So that's what we would do. And we would strip naked. Now, Teller was the one, while I was talking on stage, who would pick the two audience, we'll use this term loosely, volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> he would pick them. So we were playing Florida, and the Nathansons, Rich's mom and dad, <laughs> came to see the Penn and Teller show. And Teller had not met them before. So Teller was looking for a woman over 60 to bring on stage to examine us while we stripped. And he picked Rich Nathanson's mom. She was on stage with me, and I took my pants off again. <laughs> I got the most perplexed phone call from Rich Nathanson. <laughs> Pan, what the fuck is up with you showing your cock to my mom? My mom has met you twice. Both times you've been butt-ass naked. You've met my mom twice. 100% of the time you've taken off all your clothes. What is up with you and my mom? And I said... It was a coincidence. <laughs> and he said, no, that's not a coincidence. You don't, you don't accidentally take your pants off in front of my mom twice. <laughs> I was willing to give you once as a, a complete accident. Second time, no, you took my mom was standing there and you took off all your clothes. So, um, so that's the story. Of uh, of uh, Hooters. How long did you guys date? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, I I met her a third time and kept my pants on, and she said, "Well, thank you for that." <laughs> and that was the last time you saw her. <laughs> it was. It was the last time she I saw her. She came back every time you took your pants off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
just too much respect for you, not out of not saying you're junk, but out of you not doing a rule of threes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have no sense of pattern. Well, yes, it's you know the reason comedy is in threes is two to establish the pattern, one to break it. Right. So I actually did that. Yeah. The rule I saw her three times, twice with a dick hanging out, once not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to start a whole new bit. <laughs> I didn't want to start. Close. <laughs> Like, you want to go to Penn and Teller? No, no, no. We'd have to start a whole new bit. <laughs> exactly. Can't so uh, that was the story of uh, of Hooters. I had I had a uh, problem. I had a I have a problem with Hooters, and I still have that problem with her. And it's funny because it has nothing to do with their food or their corporate policy. It was one person who happened to say stupid stuff on a show with me. Oh, especially when they're saying no to getting ten times the salary. I think I think every other Hooters waitress was like, "Shut up! <laughs> Shut up!" <laughs> Yeah, the union negotiator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's ask you. You were a server. Yeah. We go uh, ten times what you're getting paid to go topless. Yeah. How quick do you say yes? I, I'll take off my shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> just in the possibility. Just in the possibility. Yeah. That you like, might just, be... just to let you know that I'm willing to take that step on my end. <laughs> just so there's no mistaking my willingness. I'm gone. <laughs> No, uh, well, here's here's the exciting news that everybody has been dying I, to hear. I, also, before you get into this, I would feel bad for every customer I have, both <laughs> for me being topless and me making $72 an hour. <laughs> Man, would they get the shittiest service they've ever had. I could care less. You would give them very good service. Oh, well, you don't need the tips. I don't need the tips at all. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find that the tips are correlated to the service? Never. Never. No. Never. No. And this is another argument I've had with my, my wife, so be ready for your text. <laughs> but I, I like very much to, uh, when things are bad, yeah. to tip either the same, high, same amount or higher. Yeah. I like to know, let them know that they can't get to me that way. Right. They've already, you know, they've already been punished by being just who they are. <laughs> I do not like, uh, as much as I try to be like a capitalist and everything, yeah. I don't like to wield that power. I don't no. like people thinking that they're going to get a better tip and stuff. But I wouldn't think it correlates ever. Anyone who's, waited, know, anyone who's waited for years knows with 85 to 90% accuracy how that table is going to tip by how they order drinks. Really? Yeah, like as soon as you approach the table, the way they look at you, the way they order their drinks... You tell you could tell every and every server I've talked to is the same way. What are the tells? I don't know. Like it's just that if they treat you with a little bit of respect, they seem like nice or they seem like they're, they're good people. They're probably good tippers. Really? Yeah. It goes just that way. Yeah. And if they're teachers, whoa, forget about it, right? <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple of terrible things like that where you also, if you find out they're, and this is going to sound terrible because <laughs> I'm a proud. American, and I thank every military person for their service. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they said military, that was bad news. Uh-huh. And another thing was if they mentioned anyone, no matter what background, no matter what anything, if they mentioned the tip, if they mentioned the word tip or service at all in the conversation, you're dead. You're going to have terrible service. You're going to get a terrible tip. Even if they say, oh, you're doing a great job. I'm really enjoying your service. Or they say, like, I'm going to take care of you at the end of the night. Don't worry. Those are the, you're dead. You're, well, you're gonna make a, I don't think I've ever said that. You're exactly. I'm a little embarrassed to mention. Exactly. Mention Most people that. who are who are taking care of people never bring it up. And but I'll I, tell you, I tip six, seven percent every time, just directly <laughs> right there. down the middle. And I say, <laughs> and I tell people too, because the equivalent is like talking to someone who's like, and I'm an open-minded person. 
You know, that's what I mean, because people don't get that. If you mention the tip at all, it's bad news. It's the same thing as someone being like, and I'm not an angry person. I don't ever get angry. You know, <laughs> then you know that the person probably. Yeah. You're just one step from getting your, getting your hit in the face. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, not an angry person yeah. is always the person that's going to hit you. Here's the good news for everyone that listens really? here. By next week, I will have my sleep number bed. <laughs> I will. Sleep it's all been ordered. threatened your life. I have a <laughs> the M9 Flex Fit Plus. Yeah? With the dual controls right? is winging its way to me. Uh, uh, when you wake up, you want to feel rested. You don't want to feel as tired as you went to bed. The problem could be your bed. Now, we have finally, and let Sleep Number know this, we have found someone and brought them into the studio who has not slept with me, as far as I remember, but... Uh, but does have a sleep number bed. Is that correct, Steve? Yes, that's true. And what is your sleep number? 65. Oh, so you like a very firm bed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's on the firm side, definitely. And you, you uh, I mean, this is, this is way out of line, but I'm going to ask you, do you sleep with your wife? Yes, but not on our sleep number bed. Why is that? Because I'm in the Philippines, uh-huh. and the electricity is different, so I couldn't bring my sleep number bed with me when I went over there. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, I'm so mad about that. I so that's the one thing I miss from America is my sleep number bed. The one thing, the one thing. from America. Well, yeah. Oh wow! And cheeseburgers are just the sleep number. Cheeseburgers are good too. Yeah. <laughs> sleep number bed, and your sleep number is sixty-five. 65 and when sure. when you were in our wonderful country, the United States, with the proud men and women that serve, but not necessarily tip, um, what was the uh, what was your wife's sleep number? She never slept on it. She's from the Philippines. Oh, so. I see. Yeah. But she's looking forward to S- someday. We hope someday <laughs> she'll be back. But you still have your sleep number bed. I have it in storage in America, but the, like I said, the electricity is different, so I can't just mm. bring it over there and play. Well, the exclusive dual air technology allows you to adjust to the support <clears throat> your body needs. Each side is adjustable, making it the perfect bed for couples. It contours to your neck, shoulders, back, and hips from our proper spinal alignment, and it's clinically proven to relieve back pain and improve sleep quality. Now, you went to a uh, to a sleep number bed. Yes. And uh, had your 65, slept on that happily, and then you were one of the few people who would have your bed taken away because of the power in the <laughs> Philippines. And you're bummed about that, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm totally bummed. Up. And it was not taken away, just to be clear. I still have it. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I will get you were taken away from the bed, yes. is, is yes. the point. Hurry in during the ultimate sleep number event for the final closeout savings on Classic Series beds, where queen mattresses now start at just $599, exclusively at a sleep number store. 425 sleep number stores nationwide. You can find one near you by calling 800-333-9117, 800-333-9117. You'll also receive a $50 <coughs> savings card when you call. Be sure to tell them Pen sent you. Okay, you probably heard the cost of stamps just went up to 49 cents. No! But not if you have stamps.com. With stamps.com, you'll pay less for postage than you would at the post office for first-class mail, priority and priority express mail packages, and more. Stamps.com is easy to use and convenient. Buy and print discounted stamps, shipping labels, and more using your own computer and printer. Not only will you save money with stamps.com, 
But by not paying full price for postage, you'll save valuable time, too, which is more important to me. Stamps.com always keeps the rates up to date, so you ne- you'll you get the exact postage you need every time right from your desk. Never go to the post office again. You know, I, out of fear of going to the post office, out of uh, hatred for going to the post office, I would just throw many more stamps than I needed onto <laughs> everything I'd send out. <laughs> Haven't you done that? I have done that. Yeah, well, Stamps.com yeah. will stop that. We now have stamps.com in the office. It's wonderful. Laura uses it. Laura, Laura loves it. It's not like using one of those uh, postage meters, which are expensive and stupid. You have to reload them and stuff. Stamps.com is great. Right now, use my name and for this special offer. No risk trial plus a $110 bonus office. Offer includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Uh, don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in... Pen! That's stamps.com. Enter... Pen! For some, it's the first day they open the door to their business. Others, when they get their first customer. Or when they're making enough money to quit their day job. These are moments when new business owners get to say... I did it. It's National Start Your Business Month. This is the moment to shine, and the people at LegalZoom are ready to help. Start your LLC, incorporate, or file your DBA. LegalZoom received an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, so you know you'll get the job done right. Over the past 14 years, they've helped over 1 million business owners successfully get started. And this month is special because with your purchase, LegalZoom will give you a three-month trial to the all-new QuickBooks, a better way to run your whole business, a $119 value free. And Godot has used LegalZoom? I have used LegalZoom for my final will, my last will and testament. <clears throat> when I die, you'll get things, and it'll be through LegalZoom's I will services. get stuff when you die? You bet, baby. Wow. What's he getting? What's he getting? <laughs> I have a moment. I have a, I have a motive. All of a sudden, I have a motive. Other than the giggle. A I motive gotta, added to the giggle. i got to take a donut to lunch. Be sure to enter Penn at the referral box at checkout. So make today your new business moment. And LegalZoom.com, they're ready to help make it happen. LegalZoom provides self-help services and connect you with the right attorney, but they're not a law firm. LegalZoom, turning business dreams into reality. Dale! Is a day or the day or the day or the day, oh, daylight come and me want to go home. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> it's really good. I don't know why you would do anything else. Uh, no one on the congregation has found that news story? No, no. Mm. They haven't even responded to our request. What if I made it up? <laughs> We've got Steve here from the Philippines. Now, we do. Why did your ass end up in the Philippines? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank that you was so Penn Sunday School. <laughs> I, I went over to visit a friend of mine, and uh, I just fell in love with the place. Really? Yes. Where Where is the Philippines? It's Southeast Asia. It's kind of near um, Hong Kong. Uh-huh. Now, uh, people on the chat have pointed out that he looks like Michael Chiklis. Uh-huh. I can and see that. So for anyone listening... He, our guest looks like Michael Chiklis. Everybody <laughs> says that. My, my dad tells me that. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that means you can just flash a badge and punch anyone you want in the face. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good. It's a good one. So to have. Uh, you went to just to visit a friend. Were you a world traveler kind of guy? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And the Philippines was the place you. Uh, you you kind of landed up. Yeah. Now uh, do you speak Tagalog? 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 
Tagalog, but no, I don't speak that one. I'm on a different island. The island on, that I live on is They Cebu. have more than one language? Yeah, they, they have 7,000-plus islands. and 7,000? And almost that many languages. I mean, it's, it's like a lot. Yeah. Wow. So, Tagalog, is it pronounced? Yeah, Tagalog, that's the now, national Is it supposed language. to be the easiest language to learn in the world? Uh, Has like an uh, alphabet of 11 sounds or something? It, it, it does have a limited alphabet, but I don't think it's the easiest. I language. also think the grammar is really, really easy. It's supposed to be a really yeah. smart language, laid out really smart and, and cool. And that's not true? Uh, okay, yeah, so what know. language do you speak on your so-called S- island? Cebuano. Cebuano. I, I live on Cebu, the island of Cebu, and the, the language there is Cebuano. You're just making shit up now, right? No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just want to, in case you are, I want the record to go that Penn kind of had a sense. He was suspicious. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how big is the island you live on? It's very tiny. It's uh, kind of long and skinny like a pencil. and But it's bigger than a pencil. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's, if you added up all the space on it, it's half of Rhode Island. Huh. For the one island. For the one island yeah. I'm on, yeah. Well, Rhode Island is is small, small for a state, right. but very big for like a dinner plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a pencil. It's big for a pencil. Really big for a pencil. <laughs> and what do you do for a living there? Uh, I don't do anything over in the Philippines. It's actually illegal for me to work there. I, uh-huh. I'm just kind of like retired, and I, I live with my wife, and I have a son. What did you do to get banned from working? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's just the law there is. It makes it really hard for foreigners to work because uh-huh. they okay. don't want you to take a job away from a Filipino. Sure. Right? Okay. So uh, I, what I do is I work in Las Vegas, and I just commute back and forth when I need How to. long a flight is it? It's like uh, 16 hours, maybe more. Wow. So you're not going back and forth every day. <laughs> no, no, just a couple, two, three times a year. And now, what do you do in Vegas? Uh, I, I work for a little um, nonprofit educational associations, the Log Home Builders Association. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, uh, we have a website. Can I? Please, you know, please, sure. Buildloghomes.org. Now, you know, there's somebody in this room who is <laughs> very, very interested in log cabins. Really? And there's someone else in this room that when the other person in the room got very, very interested in log cabins, told that person he was a fucking nitwit. <laughs> so, Godot, what do you want to hear about building your log cabin, you fucking nitwit? <laughs> I'm going to the website. You can't, I don't need to talk to him. I got a website. <laughs> so, do, have you built log cabins? Yeah. How yeah. many? I, it's uh, it's less than you'd think. I'll tell you why. Because we don't we don't build kits and we don't work with commercial builders. I am not a commercial builder. I don't build houses for other people. Uh-huh. Um, we only work with owner builders. So uh, average men and women that want to learn how to build a log home, they can come to our class. It's a two day class. We do that over at Harris. It's usually Saturday that's the best place to build a log home is Harris. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you build it in the room, you have no problem with it leaking. <laughs> yeah, room service, too. It's really convenient. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually build a, a log home there. We just teach the class. And uh, and then we have tech support and things like that afterwards. What do you do in the class, then, if you're not building the... We teach how to build a log home. We have videos and demonstrations. And, uh, What's and the this cool... is a non-profit? Yeah. <laughs> and why, 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 why? That's the why. <laughs> Why would we have a nonprofit? Well, no. Why do you think someone should build a log cabin as opposed to living in a house? It's a, well, it's a house. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. they they meet code everywhere. They're they're easy to build. You um, won that one. We we strongly <laughs> we strongly recommend that our members build with without a mortgage. 
we like to try to help people get into log homes. You can buy one log at a time. <laughs> yeah, just pay, pay as you go. I mean, that's right. the easiest way to do it. As long as you're building it yourself, you don't have like a bank loan where you have to meet certain deadlines and things like that. Um, you can you can just you know build as you go. And how'd you get into this uh, business? The the guy that I went to visit in the Philippines, he started it. Uh, Log Home Builders Association's been around since 1965. Wow! And he sort of developed this style of building that doesn't require a lot of skill. Uh-huh. So pretty much anybody can do it. You can buy a bunch I'm of things, even contractors. <laughs> yeah, even, well, contractors could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you do you help people fight the HOA <laughs> like when they want to build a log home on their property? Yeah, yeah, no, we don't do that. Okay, we, we tell people don't buy land in an HOA. HOA. So what does it cost to build a log cabin? Well, you can spend as much as you want. It's like how long is a piece of string? Yeah, well, that's, oh. so that's my next question. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Log Cabin speak for Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the seminar. Yeah. If someone starts asking you stupid questions, you tell yeah. them how long is a piece of string. <laughs> That'll shut the fucker up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be a, a jerk. I mean, that's. No, no, that's you weren't being a jerk at all. Let's, let's go for I, that. I believe for the one who was being the jerk was me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. What's the high end? Like, what's the most expensive log cabin out there? Well, from one of our members, it's it's over a million, I'm sure. But the, the, on the low end is probably the one you're inter- you're asking. And on, on the low yeah, end, because Matt was just being a dick. We want to know the low end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the low end, if you're building somewhere that has permits and you have to meet code, I would say probably starts at around thirty thousand. Wow. Maybe maybe forty. You know, some it depends where you are. If you're building in California, the permits are just so expensive that. That's half the cost of your house. But in Nevada, we yeah. don't have permits. But we don't have trees either. <laughs> <laughs> Therein lies the rub, yeah. my friend. Where do you get the logs? Uh, you buy them from loggers. If you have trees on your property, you can just cut them down and use them. A lot of people do that. Uh, but if you don't, you can buy them from forests, loggers, whatever. Uh, a lot of our members are using beetle kill and fire kill. So if you have like oh, sure. a... Um, you've heard of beetle infestations all yes, across the Yes, of course. Well, of course. And, uh, I, I believe Mark David Chapman built his log cabin with beetle kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if, if, you're, if your state has trees that have been killed by beetles, there's beetle infestations going all around the country. It's really environmentally Big problem friendly. in Utah. A lot of people you thought Chapman was reading in. Catch with a Rye. It was actually just Paul Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the beetle kill wood is free. Kind of. Yeah, almost always. People are just really, really happy to get rid of it. Because if you have beetle kill, it means you have standing trees that are dead and they're drying out. Uh And they become a a forest fire hazard, a really bad hazard. One lightning strike and it's going to go up. Um, So they usually pay people to take it out. And if you can get it for free, you can build a house out of it. Instead of and the beetle kill wood is not bad. You don't have no, no. beetles crawling into no, your beetles are long gone by the time you get it. Uh-huh. They, they only kill live trees. Oh, so they move out. They kill the tree and yeah. split. Yeah. Do you have little beetle holes in it? Sometimes, yeah. Cool. cool. But that's is it, yeah, is it decorative? Yeah. Yeah, that's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No problem. Now, do, do, do the logs have to all be around the same size? No. No, you can mix mix and match sizes, mix and match species. Well, tell us. We don't want the whole lecture, yeah. but tell us how to build a log cabin. Well, okay, the way we do it is uh, you cut down some trees or you buy some logs. Uh Uh, Really, literally, you can just stack them up one on top of the other, and we spike them together with rebar, right? Uh, Okay. Sticks of metal that that, uh, hold the whole thing together. 
That's called uh, tight pin button pass system. That's the one we built, uh-huh. and it requires no skill at all, right? Uh, you've heard, you've probably seen log homes or really magazines. Big drill. <laughs> yeah, you need a big drill and a, and a sledgehammer, you know, like that, and that's it. Just stack them up. Um, you Shoot. know, of course, you have a foundation. My wife knows how to work a drill and a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll hold the baby while she makes the house. <laughs> Well, you know, my mom and dad built their own house, the two of them, uh, only because I wasn't born or I would have helped. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, no. Um, my father believed strongly, you know, in his from his Newfoundland roots that a man should always build his own house. Absolutely. I, I didn't really follow that. <laughs> you were from but Massachusetts. I'm from Massachusetts, <laughs> not from Newfoundland. But, um, but you uh, You stack up the logs, yeah. and they just balance them there and then drill a hole through and hammer in rebar? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a little more complicated than that, but that's the idea. Now, what stops the wind from blowing right through the spaces in the... Well, yeah. Then you have gaps between the logs, and you fill yeah. that with chinking. That's... Um, you can get different kinds of chinking, but goop you put in between the logs and insulation. Which is goop? Well, we use mortar. Are oh, both of those words offensive in the Philippines? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. It brought the conversation to a halt. No. <laughs> uh, and you, uh, how long does it take? Uh, minimum, probably a couple of months. You know, if you were working hard full time. Say two or three people, you could do that in a couple of months. And how big? How the house can be any size? How long is a piece of string? That's coming up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it can be any size house. Any size you want. And what do you do for like a foundation or whatever? You just we use normal foundations that you would put under any house. So you just they pour the cement, pour, pour concrete, start stacking logs on it. Uh, when you get to the top, you put on a roof. <laughs> is the roof made of logs too? No, no, just normal stick frame roof. Uh huh. And then plumbing, you just do that on your own? Plumbing, electrical, uh, those, we, we, that's part of the class, I and mean, we teach people how to put it in. And what is the smallest log cabin you've had someone build? Uh, 10 by 10. That's really common. A lot of people build that for practice or just a shed or a sauna or, you know, like a one-bedroom out in the backyard or something. Well, 10 by 10 is bigger than solitary confinement in prison. Sure. Yeah. So that's where we're starting. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And as a sauna, it's hotter than solitary confinement as well. It's not hotter than prison, no. <laughs> wow, that's really great. Yeah, I think so. And you do these seminars three times a year? Yeah, two, three times a year. And they're usually over at Harris, but we do all the, we rotate on the Caesars properties. We haven't uh-huh. been to the Rio yet. Maybe someday we'll get over to the video. And uh, what is it, like a three-day seminar? Yeah, two days. Usually Saturday, Sunday, all day. Uh-huh. Literally from you, you come in on Saturday morning, you've never lifted a hammer before. Sunday night, you can go home and build you lift a log a hammer. house. <laughs> and, and people do it. You look at our website, and there's you know hundreds of pictures of houses that have been built by people who just took a two-day class. And how many in Nevada? Oh, I have no idea. No idea. Probably a few. Yeah. But mostly it's people flying in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The people that take the class fly in from all over the world. Uh, you know, mostly the United States, but all over the world, people. And how big is the uh, organization that does this? The nonprofit, you and the guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, two or three people that work for the company, and then uh, about forty-five thousand members, roughly. 
Wow. Hey, Does everybody are... who work for the organization live in the Philippines? No. Just the no. two of you? Yeah, I have a partner that uh, lives in Washington up in Seattle. Okay. Now, you, uh, then you went to the Philippines. Were you looking for a place to live? I, I wasn't. I just went to go visit this guy who started the association uh-huh. that's Skip Ellsworth. And what did you love about the Philippines? Uh, there's a lot of freedom there. It's inexpensive to live. And um, everybody loves Americans. Everywhere oh. you go, almost everybody really? loves Americans. And, and almost everybody speaks English. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Do you speak any of the local language? Yeah, we, we talked about this. Cebuano. <laughs> no, no. Do you speak any of it, though? Yeah, yeah. How well? I, I can get into trouble, but I can't get back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you met your wife in the Philippines? I did, yeah. And uh, how long have you been married? Seven years, I think, now. And how old is your child? He's uh, almost three. He's two wow. and three quarters. Like now, what's his citizenship? Uh, American he, and he Philippine? Both. Yeah. yeah. Both of them came here to visit um, already. We spent a summer on vacation in the United States and uh-huh. we toured all over. But I don't think he's going to remember any of it. No, not, not, not a three. Not, no. not a three, no. Yeah. But, uh, and what is your day like in the Philippines? You know, I talked to Lance Burton, who, you know, retired. Yeah. And he's making a movie. <laughs> but he came over the house the other day. You spent a lot of time with Lance. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder what people do with their days. There's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mostly answer emails, you know, work on the website, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you surf for you kiteboarding? Sc- or you, uh... Scuba dive. And, okay, yeah. And also I, I do paramotoring. Okay. Flying with a parachute. Yeah, kind of no, I do that. What's paramotoring? Don't talk about paramotoring. Well, it's like a paraglider, but with a go-kart attached to it. Uh-huh. So, yes. uh you know, do I do that? the same thing without wheels. Cool. <laughs> Used to, before I broke my pelvis. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Steve is a, is an atheist, but his, both of his parents were United Methodist ministers. That's oh, true. Oh, really? Yep. Where Where were you from originally? Uh, New York, New York, Long Island. Yeah. And where'd you? Uh, where, how'd you become an atheist? I just decided. I can't remember the the details, but. Um, I went to my mom when I was eight, and I said, there's no God. I I need to not go to church anymore. Because mm-hmm. I think it was mostly because I wanted to stay home and watch cartoons. Sure. But I, I was firmly <laughs> of that belief. When I was eight, I, I was absolutely convinced. It might have had something to do with Santa Claus. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not really sure. But that was could be the cartoons. What cartoons were you watching? <laughs> probably, South Park? You know, or? Th- thinking about it, it was probably Davy and Goliath. Yeah, I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Yeah, a religious show away. anyway. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I have a, a very good friend uh, who um, is a hardcore atheist, but pushed for Santa Claus very much so that his, ch- his child would feel that disappointment. And he thought that led to, uh, <laughs> to atheism. <laughs> and he tried, although his wife wouldn't let him, he tried to get his daughter to go to Catholic school. Wow. Because he was a Catholic school student and thought that was the best way <laughs> to know the Bible, know religion, and be a hardcore atheist. He thought that atheists that didn't go through all that didn't have quite the uh, the, the full gumption. Right. But he was vetoed on that, and his, his daughter went to a fancy-ass uh, private school that was not religious, but uh, he's still worried that that might come back and bite him in the ass. Did you, were your parents kind to you about it? Yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. They yeah. they were never really fire and brims, brimstone. And you're still people. close to them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. In New York, they're still in New York? Uh, yeah, my dad's in Vermont, my mom's in New York. Have they been to the uh, Philippines to visit? My dad came and visited, yeah. My but mom he didn't is, stay? 
No, just just a week or two. I just have that. this feeling that everybody that goes to the Philippines just goes, it's this like is so hole. great. Yeah, we just suck it up. And, and how cheap is it to live there? It's very cheap. It's it's an inexpensive, inexpensive place to live. Uh, I don't know what, I can't tell you. Now, uh, there's seven, like, hundred Philippine islands, right? 7,000. 7,000, 7, I said. <laughs> 700 over actual islands. There's, there's more than it's 7, How do you figure out where to live in the Philippines? Uh, just the first island I went to, Cebu. That's the one. I, I, <laughs> I bet at. beachfront property's cheap. <laughs> it, it is. Can you get not beachfront property? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's hard to do though. Yeah, you you can do there. No, there's both. I mean, the beachfront property is more expensive because. You want sure. to be on the beach, have a boat, you know, whatever. And there, uh, it's 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 a happy place. People have a pretty good time. Yeah. Now yeah. let's talk about the downside of the Philippines, okay? <laughs> which we call hurricanes and tsunamis. That's that's true. We do have those there. Yeah. But you guys have like ice. It's the whole country is a popsicle. <laughs> Las Vegas Much is easier to clean up after a popsicle. We saw we saw uh, some of. The horror of that uh, hurricane. What was it like being in that? Well, um, I, I got to first say I wasn't there on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the how eye, convenient. Yeah, <laughs> the eye of the typhoon passed right over my house. The, the spot where I live. Right. I, I came here to do a class. I was I was coming to Harris to teach a class, and. Um, I left my wife and son there, and I oh. flew out on like a Tuesday. Did a log cabin. No, no, we have a concrete house there. It's illegal to cut down trees in the Philippines. Oh, I see. So you can't build a log house there, at least really easily. Um, you have to bribe a lot of people if you want to build it. Yeah. Like California. Yeah, California. <laughs> so uh, I left my wife and son there, and, and when I left, everything was fine. They said, no problem. They're playing on the okay. beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Literally, they were. And when I landed, it takes a day to fly here. When I landed in Las Vegas, I got off the plane and looked at my phone. It said, typhoon heading for... Steve's house, you know, essentially. Oh. And and it's the biggest typhoon that's, you know, ever been recorded in history or something. Uh, so immediately I said, well, all right, let me try to get home. And I, I called the airline and they said, well, we can get you to Hong Kong, but we can't get you to, to Cebu. So you're going to sit in Hong Kong. All the flights will be canceled by the time you get to Hong Kong. Uh, so you're screwed. So I said, well, I right, might as well stay here. How do you fl- how, how do you fly? Is there an airport in Cebu? There is, yeah. They have an international airport in Cebu, but you can't get direct flights. You go to Hong Kong. Kong, yeah. So uh, when I, you know, essentially I couldn't get there, I couldn't get back. So I said, "Well, I got to wait it out. I'll wait it out." The typhoon hit. I think on a Friday. Did you have your wife on the phone? I did. Up until the typhoon hit, you know, we made a plan. <laughs> we figured out where she's going to go and what she's going to do. Um, this but, is this is like the worst nightmare of anyone's life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was oh, horrible. Man. And the, when the typhoon hit. There was no communication for days. I think I didn't talk to her or anybody from that area for four or five days, maybe, oh, something like that. So I had no idea. Is my house still standing? Is my family still alive? Is, you know, all did you, my did, did, you, did you have some sort of confidence that they were safer than others? Yes, because we have a big concrete house, and I knew that they were going to be there. You know, was there some sort of Wizard of Oz storm shelter or something? <laughs> yeah, funny you ask. Um, they, the the officials in the town that I live in told everybody in my neighborhood, go to the high school. Uh-huh. The national high school is up on top of a hill uh, in my area. And when I got there, the the national high school was destroyed. I mean, the, the roof was just peeled off like a banana, and bits of it are just thrown all around. You know, it was just a huge mess. Nobody got hurt, but it wasn't 
really a safe place to go. My house was way safer. Uh-huh. And uh, were there a lot of injuries on Cebu? Uh, on Cebu, it was remarkably small. You know, only a few people died. I think it was in my area, it was only like five or six people died. And what's the population of Cebu? I couldn't tell you. Maybe a million. Okay. On the whole island. Oh, just, okay. just a rough That's guess. pretty big number. So it's Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, but it's spread out yeah. much, much more. And uh, so my, my wife was fine. My son's fine. All my family, everybody I know was fine. My house didn't get a scratch. Still standing. Uh, everything was perfect. Every window was intact. And your wife and child stayed in that house. Yeah. And every one of my neighbors is either missing their roof or their house has just completely disappeared. Well, that just shows you that if you build the log cabin somewhere else and live in a concrete house, <laughs> you will be safe during a typhoon right now. Well, I, I tell everybody that's proof that God loves atheists. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because you know everybody in it, all of those houses around my house, they were in there praying. Right? Right? You know, scared. And what about uh, uh, food and water and so on? There was no food or water for weeks. The The town water was out. The electricity was out for two months, more than two months at my house. Were you st- would you, Good I, thing you're a log cabin guy. Yeah. <laughs> had you stockpiled a lot of food in your house? Uh, we had only water stockpiled. We had many bottles of water, and um, my wife has a car, and she can drive. And so I just told her, when I finally got a hold of her, I told her, you know, drive to the nearest town, buy as much food as you can, and just give it to the neighbors. Right, give it away, you know, buy sacks of rice, and she did. Um, and same with our water stocks. I just told her, give bottles away, you know, whatever we got, just give it away. Because she's going to be fine, you know. I knew she had enough. Well, that's, you know, that's the real survivalist thing, you yeah. know. People always have these fantasies that, you know, when there's going to be a disaster hit, I'm going to be okay. And, you know, I'll have to protect my food and stuff. The truth right. is, if you're okay, you help out everybody around you. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Did you see that uh, the video of the guy that made the trailer for? Uh, yeah, what movie was that? Yeah, what oh, was the Secret um, Life of Walter? Yeah, Walter Mitty. Mitty. It was the Walter Mitty movie. <clears throat> yeah. you saw that. Yeah, and the the trailer you're talking about was uh, Casey Neistat. Yeah, right. He did the trailer, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was on my island. That oh, was, really? Yeah, he he started on my island, and then um, bought a bunch of supplies in Cebu City, and shipped them off to uh, the the place that got hit the the worst was uh, Tacloban, right, on a, on a different island. That's where most of the people were. Most of the deaths that were recorded right. in the Philippines were there. Yeah, that's where he went. And your your island was was completely destroyed? I mean, there's, every place was torn apart? And... No, only on the north end of the island where I live. Uh-huh. And we're kind of like way out in the jungle, and there's, you know, not a lot of infrastructure out there. So, yeah, most of the houses are either missing or just the roofs are completely gone. And it's it's still like that. Like this is now three or four months later. There's still people that are sleeping outside, and uh, you know when the rain comes, that just soaks everything they have. But the weather is. Uh, yeah, yeah. The weather's not bad. Yeah. Not it's not bad to complain about. It's not the worst place to sleep outside. Yeah. It's not like Winnipeg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or New York. Yeah, or New York. Or, or New York. Or New York. So you got a you got a pretty good life there in the Philippines. Yeah, it's, it's now, nice you know, this is the life you'd like, right? Yeah, I'm going back with him. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and I are going to commute from now on. I'm going to help him in the log cabin thing. Because you know, I want to live in uh, in New York City, right? Or Las Vegas, or L.A., or Chicago. I mean, I, that's all I want to be. You and you my know? wife, yeah. 
<laughs> but you want to live uh, like on a house kind of a jungle guy. I'd live in a sailboat or a or a, or a house in the Philippines. Sure. You've never been to the Philippines. I haven't been to the Philippines. No. Any other? But you love uh, Belize, right? Yep. Belize and Costa Rica, both. I had a great time in both of those. Have you been to Belize and Costa Rica? No. Nope. Oh, yeah. I've been to Costa Rica. I haven't been to Belize. And did... Like the Philippines to you? <laughs> yeah, very similar. Very similar. Yeah, I see. I imagine the Philippines, they could do a game show on just being able to name all 7,000 islands. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, we make a big thing about being able to say, like, 50 states and 50 capitals. Yeah. And, like, I imagine just it's a nightmare to try to figure out to learn about your own country. Yeah. <laughs> you can name all 50 capitals? No. Yeah. I mean, but people who <laughs> do are really do snotty get, about it. Uh, how often do you leave your island for another island? Not are, very often. Are there boats going constantly? Yeah, there's boats all over the place. Um, they go back and forth. And does each island have a personality? Yes. Yeah. And that's why they have different languages, right? There's, you know, it's sort of like regional languages, like Visayan is the language for my region. Uh-huh. And in that area. How do you say how long is a piece of string in Visayan? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so 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 what what are the qualities of your island that are different from the other Fil- Filipino islands? Well, we make the best O top. We make the only O top, and that uh, that leads me to a story I got to tell you. I'm really sorry. I, I bought you guys presents. What? And I and I <laughs> left them on the airplane. I literally in one of the airplanes of the past 24 hours. You know, I was changing planes. What is to be gained by telling us that? (laughs) We didn't expect gifts. Now we just know we don't have one. No. Well, you ask about the the sort of the culture of Cebu. Yeah, we wonder all about it. um, The neatest thing about Cebu: every time we go to another island, the people we visit, like if we fly to Manila and we're going to see friends in Manila, they say, "Oh, did you bring us Otop? Because you're from Cebu, Mm -hmm. right? That's what they expect." And Otop is kind of a dessert. It's like a snack cake. The best way I could describe it is um, like a flat, crunchy croissant that's kind of like uh, well, sweet. You know, we can probably get on the phone and track this down. Have you tried yeah. calling yeah, the airlines? I, I did. It's pretty sure. After, after this, we're just going to go to the airport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wake up. Wake up in there. I'm, I'm so sorry about it. Oh, next time you I'm in town. You brought us O-Top? I, I brought it, and then I left it on the airplane. Left it on the plane? Yeah. How, how big is the flat croissant? They're, they're like that big. For anyone listening, he held up a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm in town, I'll bring you a box of Otop. Okay. Otop? And is it is it made commercially or people making walks at all? Yeah, yeah. It's made commercially. They sell it like in giant boxes at the airport. So if you're lazy, you can just pick up a few boxes on the way out. You know, works like that. And Otop is like, I mean, it's like Tasty Cake. It's a, it's a brand? Kind of, yeah. It, it would be like... Um, Emotionally, it's the equivalent of a Twinkie. Oh, oh. <laughs> Devil dogs. Right. Just, to our emotions, that's that's huge. Yeah. Whoopie pies. We're talking very <laughs> serious. Yeah, very the serious. kids and the kids in Cebu they talk about Otop. You know, like mm. kids here would talk about Twinkies. It's the same I see. thing. Yeah, I, I understand. And uh, and uh, what other food do you have there? Because what's what is the um, there's a there's a Tom Waits song, Filipino hog. What oh, is, lechon. What is that? Lechon. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, that's barbecued pig, barbecued whole roasted pig. Do you have that often? Uh, I don't have it very often, but, you know, it's like when there's a party or a wedding or something like that, they always roast a pig. Yeah. We should do that. It's really good. You want to roast a pig. I do want to roast a pig in your yard, yeah. Yeah, I know. You've been talking about that. I'd like <laughs> I'd like a full roast pig. Right. Do you eat uh, Do you eat uh, mostly local food or do you eat mostly uh, American yeah, food? I... Actually, uh, my wife is a really great cook, uh-huh. and she cooks all different Asian stuff. So she cooks, like, Thai food and 
Malaysian curries and things like that. Maybe see, I'll, maybe see I'll, we're starting to sound like a good trip, isn't it? Maybe I'll move we in can with go. You. <laughs> yeah. We can go. Let's do the next. Forget London. Let's do PSS in the Philippines. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Best <laughs> Sunday school for the Philippines would be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> you, you down with that, Ready Rich? <laughs> I can't see his face. No. Yeah, well, you guys are all invited. Oh, everybody, yeah. there you go. Everybody, and you scuba, you, you get up in the morning and you have breakfast and scuba dive, and yeah, I answer my emails. You know, check the website. So there's internet. <laughs> so, so Ben, when you when they so when they have breakfast, have scuba dive. We can have breakfast and breakfast again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to have our own tap. Yeah, we got our own tap. <laughs> and then we'll ask for how the scuba diving was when they come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll look at the pictures they have of the fish. Oh yeah. What mm-hmm. pictures you take of the fish? Any of them edible? <laughs> yeah. Do you do any fishing or? I don't. Uh, I don't fish. I don't really like to eat fish very much. But I mean, that's what they do there. You know, everybody else there does. <laughs> everybody else there. Yeah, well, okay. that's all they eat. Yeah, but you had questions for Penn too, right? Yeah. Shoot, I, I do actually. I was wondering if you could give me some parenting advice. Oh yeah, lay it on me. I, I sent an email to Emily about this, and sure. I said, I said, oh, I, I'd like, I would like parenting advice from Penn. And as soon as I hit send, I thought, oh, I bet she's laughing right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, my question specifically is: I have a I have a two year old. Yeah. So your kids are a little bit older than mine. Yep. And, Seven and eight. Okay. So you've been through this already. My, I have. My question is: um, What should I do with my two year old as a as an atheist libertarian parent um, when it comes to exposing them to uh, popular culture, uh, profanity, uh, sex, and violence in movies, that sort of thing? You know, I for profanity, so much of that is taken care of by the culture. I actually push on the other side. You know, I was worried that uh, if we swore around the house a little bit, that the children would pick that up and get in trouble socially. Uh, I believe there's no danger of that at all. Uh, the, the, the society around you does so much to squash children from saying, I mean, my children won't even say hell or damn, yeah. you know, they, uh, they will correct me. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I had to pull the car over and say to Moxie, I did a show called bullshit. I will swear all I want. <laughs> Remember that as far as the sex and violence, I believe about sex that there's no desire to see it until you can't stop them. You know, yeah. I mean, my uh, my children, when they're surfing the Internet, there's no interest, right. a lot of obscenity because they watch people play video games. People go like, oh, fuck, I got to get over this. And the children just know that if they say that in school or at their friends' houses, they'll be reprimanded instantly. So there's no work to do on that. And as far as uh, protecting them from sex, hardly any work, because if you bring up, if anything sexual comes comes by them they they don't notice it or care about it right. then there'll be a certain point when they will notice and care about it and then i don't think you can stop it right it's too late at that uh, yeah well, I mean, <laughs> there's just no power yeah, in the too universe late's not the right word but yeah it's just you just yeah there's no there's no way to do that and as far as the violence is concerned um there's no limiting you have to do i mean my uh my daughter mox walked in on us watching walking dead we thought she was asleep, and she came in quietly to the room and watched 30 seconds and doesn't ever want to see anything like that again. She didn't even see a particularly scary moment, but it was frightening to her, and she wanted nothing to do with it. So I find so far, yeah. the, up to seven or eight, that the policing 
the policing is done automatically by their own desires and by society. What have you found, Goodell? Yeah, I think it's exactly the same thing. My kids are like yours. Mine are saying, stop swearing, Dad. Yeah. You know, they will stop me. Um, they have no interest in shows that I feel like they shouldn't watch. You know, uh, they don't want to even watch Family Guy because of the swearing. Yeah. You know, they it's just, and they're old enough that... The, I would expect them to. <laughs> They're 12 and 14. I think that they would start to get interested in that stuff, and they are not, not hmm. even slightly. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It, it, seems, it seems that that is, uh, that is self-correcting. Now it's possible, very likely, that we're dealing with um, specific personalities. Yeah. I mean, I know, uh, I know friends who've had children who were dying to watch Terminator at the age of five. You know, really pushing for that. And uh, I thought about that a little bit, but then it ends up not being an issue. I mean, they watch watch cartoons. They like the Disney stuff. If you leave them totally on their own, they'll go to Disney Channel uh, or watch people play video games. My son does that now. Yeah. 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 And there, I don't know. And then there's a there's a certain time when you hit. Uh, I have heard is you a boy or a girl? Boy, boy. I've heard that uh, fourteen girls become nightmares. I've heard that it's just automatic. A uh, friend of mine was telling me his fourteen year old daughter was screaming and crying and sobbing, and when. She could get a breath to say, what's wrong? What's wrong, honey? What's wrong? She, What she got out was, I'm not as upset as I seem. Ah! <laughs> That's like, I don't know, to the low leg question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are we supposed to just leave him alone then? She's, you know, that, I, I think if we think back to when we were teenagers, uh, there were raging hormones and changes yeah, yeah. and i believe uh from most reports for a girl it's a zillion times worse hmm. so you already say your daughter my rolls daughter already rolls her eyes every time you talk to her and she has done so <laughs> since she was nine years old she's just going whatever <laughs> talk to the hand you know when an eight-year-old says talk to the hand you have a problem <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think there's any way don't think there's any way around that yeah we, you know we're you know, as as nice as parents, I think we could possibly be. Yeah. And we still have moments where our daughter has a problem with us. You know, and it doesn't seem to be related to us. It seems really related to her. Yeah. You know, I, and, you know, there's there's also the uh, the intense narcissism of teenage years. Yes. Where you want to be able to explain to your child Every age you are, I have been. You know, there may be some help, but I've t- been told that that doesn't help at all. I don't think there's anything they're, that helps. They're the first ones that have ever been teenagers. Yes. Although Tim Jennison, you know, from Tim's Vermeer, has three daughters. They're, they're about a year apart, each of them. When they were, the oldest one was 14. He sat down with the three of them and said, you know, when uh, when, especially in this culture, when girls go through teenage years, they go through a lot of time of hating their parents and a lot of fights with their parents, and it's really a miserable time. Uh, I really don't want to do that. I don't think we should do that. I don't think we should have any hate or any um, screaming or any sort of disgust. It's just going to bother me too much. Let's not do that. And they all said, okay, and then they didn't. 
<laughs> what? Wow. And I, I heard that story from Tim and from his wife that Tim, you know, who was rather reticent, not, not, you know, not, not a big talker, uh, and never calls like family meetings, did it for that. And they all listened and talked a little bit. And I've talked to each of the daughters and they say, yeah, yeah, we just, we just decided not to do any of that. That is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> but this is a man, remember, who built Vermeer's room. I was exactly. going to say, I now, be- I now believe in Jesus, but it's Tim. I believe in Tim. I believe in Tim. I believe said, in Tim. Let's not do that. So I had that talk with my daughter over and over again. I say to Moxie, you know, Tim had this discussion with his daughters. And, <laughs> and now not- Moxie doesn't hate Tim at all. <laughs> <laughs> Moxie would, and Tim get along I would thing. like. I would like to do it uh, that way. Nobody in the congregation has found anything. Oh, they did. They did. They found uh, uh, guess guess the first person who found it. Guess uh, Jay Swam. Yep, Joe Swam. Yeah, yep. and uh, he found one. And uh, uh, local authorities successfully sued some 700 construction workers for repeatedly singing the banana boat song at night <laughs> to the noise of nearby residents. The workers on site would uh, chorus, "Come, Mr. Tallyman, tell me bananas. Daylight come, and I want to go home." Lawyer David Ashton explained, "I'm not against workmen being happy." But happy on appropriate occasions. <laughs> there was one thing you said in the first sentence. Also, please read the first sentence again. Local uh, London local authorities successfully sued some seven hundred. Seven hundred. <laughs> seven hundred people singing the song. That's as many as the islands in the Philippines. No, it's not. Amazing. Seven hundred. All, all picked them all up. Took him into the horses. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Tally, tally me banana. Daylight come and me want to go home. 700 people. 700 we people. should. We you should. could never stop. That's worse than a Philippine prison dance song. Dance you could, you could never stop. You could never 700 stop 700 people. people. Yeah, you could not ever. shut 700 people up. No. 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 No, no way. By the time you got to 100, number 200 is going, Dayo, <laughs> you're just dead. Yeah. Uh, also, a great suggestion from the congregation we should open up a topless OTAP shop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But go back. If you read the whole article, and this is just all, all, the, only people, the only thing people can find is references to the article, not the full article. Okay, but you've read everything you have in front of you. Yes. Because I want any, any other piece of information you could squeeze out of that. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, this other, someone else uh, found one that just, ref- again, just references the article. Uh, it was the building <laughs> building firm uh, M- McAlpine or McAlpine. McAlpine. <laughs> it was ordered to pay 13,000 pounds in fines and costs after it admitted to breaching noise levels. Uh, Camden <laughs> Council prosecuted the firm after workers infuriated residents with nonstop singing of the banana boat song. <laughs> <laughs> infuriated! Shut up! Stop it! <laughs> You know, at first, like, you know, like, the wife gets upset, but the husband's trying to, like, eh, maybe we should just, like, leave it alone. I'm sure they'll stop eventually. Just close the window. (laughs) They give the, uh, it was at the uh, 150 Prudential site in in Holborn in central London. Uh, 93. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing Ben's ever been right about. (laughs) And it's what matters. Yes, and I have not read that article since 93. Imagine if you will. Imagine if you will. Penn Jillette going into rehearsal. Right? For a TV show with the unpleasant world of Penn and Teller. I'm going into rehearsal. I pick up the uh, England Daily Times. (laughs) 
<laughs> I open it up and I see that article and read it. How much am I laughing? Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Surprised you didn't Pen, move there. I was gonna say, <laughs> Ben Gillette singing that Ben had about constantly during Penn and Ten, during Penn and Ten, Penn and Teller rehearsals. Yes, zero rests. <laughs> <laughs> well, the title was "The Unpleasant World of yeah. Penn and Teller." <laughs> Daylight come and me wanna go home. <laughs> Oh man, is there an is there a newspaper that covers all seven thousand islands? Well, yeah, there's there's a few national newspapers like USA Today. The, uh, there's a sort of got a different name. That. <laughs> <laughs> keep this clear for Matt. Thank you. I just appreciate everyone. <laughs> USA Today <laughs> and most people speak English. And what's the population of all the Philippines? I don't know. And you're a citizen there too? No, no, no. I'm a legal resident. Uh huh. Yeah. Did your your marriage didn't give you citizenship to? No, no. It put me in the front of the line for my legal residency. I see. So I, I didn't have to wait like a certain number of years. And you can live there forever now. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yeah. And what's your son's name? Brendan. Brendan. What's Bre- your wife's name? Amelia. Her real name's Amelia. We call her Ami. Uh huh. I just want. I just, and she's she's from that island. Yeah, she's from uh, the island next next to the one that uh-huh. I'm on. It's her island is called Bahol. Uh, butthole is there? Right? <laughs> yeah, Bahol. Butthole. Yeah. I want to live no on. Tea. I want to. I want to live on Butthole. I'm but- going to be in so much trouble for this. <laughs> <laughs> butthole will be the first person we hire at Utopless. <laughs> Utopless. Yeah, it's from the congregation. From the congregation. What a great that's name! That's a great name. Utopless. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's our business. That's our business. Model. What are the uh, what are the rules for like uh, for topless dancing in uh, the Philippines? Uh, you can do it. They have bars there that that are topless. You know, things like that. See, this is a whole thing. We build log cabins over. There. We can't cut down trees. <laughs> Ninety. A lot of them fell down in the hurricane. I bet we could use those. Ninety-six Maybe. million. In the Philippines, and your island has 2.6 million of those. Wow. 96 million? Yeah. That's quite a lot. For the whole country. Yeah. That's, well, that's 7,000 islands. You divide yeah. by 7,000. Divide by 7,000. Yeah. Something like three people on each so one. That's a quarter the size of the U.S. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Almost a third, yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of people over in the Philippines. See, we can have a good time. There's a lot of people there. You're going to go over there? I'm going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're also going to go to the log cabin seminar, aren't exactly. you? Exactly. Your whole life has changed today. Yeah. Matt and me, not, not much. my not name much. is Steve White. <laughs> <laughs> Kill him in the parking lot and take his life. So far, I've been sold on nice weather, breakfast, and OTAP. That's all I got going on for me. Yeah, for me, it's just OTAP. <laughs> OTAP is... I'm, You're not I'm a beach a, guy. You're not a beach guy. I'm not a beach guy, and I'm not a mountain guy. I'm a work at your computer guy. Well, there's internet there. Well, you can do yeah. that. Yeah, I can, we have yeah, that. Yeah. But computers. I don't, you know, uh, my, uh, I went on a ski trip with my with my wife and children and sat in uh, by the fire at a table in the hotel and worked on my book uh, yeah. all day while they went and hit the slopes and did all that and come back and have hot chocolate with the one of them that got cold is first. Sounds great. That was that's that's what my idea of a vacation. Pretty good.
Hey, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me wanna go home. I wanna thank uh, Jarrah Strong. Daylight come and me wanna go home. Ready, Rich? Daylight come and me wanna go home. And then I wanna thank uh, uh, Glenn Ally and uh, Pete Golden and our big boss, of course, Adam Carolla. Daylight come and me wanna go home. Steve White, we're happy to have here. Matt Donnelly, the lovely and talented Michael Goudeau. Daylight come and me wanna go home. This is uh, this is Penn, and you've been listening to this. What well, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Taliban. And to our listening ears, Come and me wanna go home. <laughs> Daylight come and me wanna go home. Daylight come and me wanna go home.